Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our special consideration this morning is our first lesson, Acts 4, 23-33, as printed in your bulletin and already read. Dear children of God and sheep of our Good Shepherd, the wolves stood and watched from a distance, close enough to the flock to be visible, but far enough away to not be seen as an immediate threat. Periodically, they circled around it, always at that safe distance. They observed from morning to night, and after dark, howled occasionally from various directions to let the sheep know they were still there. In the morning, nothing had changed, and their howls turned to snarls as their frustration mounted. They wanted to hunt and bite and tear and feast on sheep flesh, but they had not yet found their opportunity. So they watched, hungry, angry, impatient. Sometime in the middle of the afternoon, they were surprised to see one of the sheep coming their way. It wasn't wandering or lost or distracted. It headed deliberately in their direction. It got close enough, but still far enough away to run to safety. And then it said, Hey, wolves, you know, the boys and I were wondering how long you were going to keep this up. The howling all night is annoying, but we can deal with that. It's just that you all seem so upset, and we just can't figure out why you bother. I mean, you know what's what here. As much as you want, might want us, our shepherd is always on the alert, and you're never going to be able to sneak up or, or do anything he's unaware of. He sees everything and knows exactly what you are and what you're after. And just look at him. He's six foot six. 270 pounds, and it's all muscle. And don't think that makes him slow or anything. He can be here beside me in a flash before you ever get close. But he wouldn't need to. I've seen him use that slingshot of his to put a stone in the center of a target from 100 yards away. And if he ever let one of you get close enough to one of us to be a threat, it would be just so he could break your neck. Or... Use that knife he carries to slit you from snout to tail as an example to your brothers. So why bother? Why rage and plot and howl and snarl and plan and stand when you know our shepherd will never let you harm us and will instead destroy you? I guess you wolves just gotta do what wolves gotta do. But it doesn't make any sense. See you around, I guess. Bye-bye. And the sheep went back to grazing with the rest of the flock. The prayer of Peter and John and their friends in our lesson today from Acts reflects the attitude of that sheep. They started with a foundation of absolute confidence in the power of the Lord, their shepherd, to protect and provide for them. Master, you are the God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. And then, from that position of strength, they marveled at the 
audacity, arrogance, and foolishness of their enemies, of Christ's enemies, as they attempted to stop the spread of the gospel and threaten God's people. Using the words of Psalm 2, they asked why these rivals even bothered. Why the chief priests and elders, why Herod, why Pilate, why any king or ruler or Gentile or Jew would choose to rage and plot and stand and plan against the Lord. His enemies should know that they can never win. They should see that their conspiracies will get them nowhere and that no matter what battles they might win, they will always lose the war. Because that's what happens when you go up against the Lord and Creator of the universe who knows everything, sees everything, is everywhere, and can do anything. You're never going to get anywhere opposing the Almighty, so why bother? It hadn't worked for the members of the Sanhedrin, as Peter and John had just witnessed firsthand. The same rulers of the people, the chief priests and elders of the Jews, the same people who had plotted to kill Jesus and seemingly succeeded when he was crucified and buried, had been confounded. Confounded first when Jesus asserted his identity and authority over them, even as he submitted to their evil intentions, and then even more when he declined to remain dead. The Sanhedrin were among the first to hear that. The tomb was empty on Easter morning. The guards reported to them what they saw after the angel rolled the stone away. And now the preaching and miracle working of Christ's disciples showed that he had the victory here, not his enemies. As we learned last week, when the Sanhedrin tried to silence Peter and John and keep them from preaching anymore in Jesus' name, those apostles answered first by confronting their opponents with their guilt over Christ's crucifixion, and then with an appeal to believe in Jesus and be saved, and finally, an assertion that it is better to obey God than men. Those who had gathered and stood against the Lord and his anointed one, whatever insane evil reasons they had for doing so, well, they had failed on every count. And it was not just because Jesus didn't stay dead and they lost in that way. It was also because everything they did, thinking that they were independently serving their own interests, they did whatever God's hand and God's plan had decided beforehand should happen. The, the Lord was in charge from first to last, and Peter and John's release by the Sanhedrin, because they could find no way to hold, let alone stop or kill them, became both evidence of his power to achieve his ends in the world and great reason for praise and thanksgiving from his people, which certainly includes his church today, which means us. We can thank and worship God for what we have seen so far this Easter season from the book of Acts, but even more, we can have the same perspective and confidence the apostles had every day of our lives in our own time and place. Never underestimate the value of knowing 
that our shepherd is also the one enthroned in heaven who laughs at those on earth who arrogantly assume they can oppose him without consequence or attack his people and not feel his wrath. If a hostile government makes life difficult for churches or even imprisons or executes Christians, we still know what's what and who is who. If your boss at work or the leader of an organization you're part of hassles you about your faith or or presumes to tell you that you must never speak the name of Jesus there, you know your Savior has a higher authority. If friends or family apply pressure and tell you that following their lead or following your sinful desires is more important than following Christ, you can remember what kind of shepherd you have to lead you and answer them as we answer all the attacks and invitations of our enemies. Why bother? Why bother? Why rage and plot and howl and snarl and plan and stand against the Lord? Our shepherd will never let you harm us and will instead destroy you. You can do what you got to do, but it doesn't make any sense. I'll stick with Jesus. Bye-bye. But let's switch our perspective around for a moment. Picture that same flock of sheep surrounded by wolves that we started with, and now imagine that some of those sheep, some acting completely on their own, others working together as a group, some of those sheep decide that it's not right for them to be entirely under the care of the shepherd and that it's time for them to take charge of their own lives. So one says, sure, I know the shepherd leads me to green pastures, but but I'm an independent kind of guy, so I'll go search out my own grass over there somewhere. And some others say, our shepherd means well, we know that, But he's just one man, and we don't always see him standing with us. So so we're going to band together and provide our own security against the wolves. We'll get training, lifting weights, we'll set a schedule, and, oh, hey, that looks like some sweet grass over there. Still other sheep might say, yes, right, we've never had a problem as long as the shepherd has led us, but... But what about tomorrow or or the next day? Maybe the wolves will catch him by surprise tomorrow, or or or, or maybe next week we'll run out of grass to eat, or or maybe next month he'll 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 just decide he's tired and quit paying attention, and then what'll come of us? Anything could happen. But to every sheep, to every sheep that worries about today or tomorrow. To every sheep that thinks he should provide for himself. To all the sheep that assume their survival depends on self-protection. To every one of them, the good shepherd says, Why bother? Again, the believers in the church in Jerusalem in our lesson from Acts remind us that having a shepherd as good as Jesus and a Lord as powerful as the maker of heaven, earth, and sea means that there is no need or reason to worry or to try to do the things that only God can do for us, things that he can do infinitely better than we can. 
So we trust him as those early disciples did for boldness and protection and preservation and salvation and forgiveness and for everything that we need every day that we live here on earth. Whatever we need, we have in the name of God's holy servant, Jesus. And we trust our good shepherd, not only because of his strength and power and wisdom and authority, but even more because of what he did for us. As Jesus described himself in our gospel today, he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. That is the commission he received from his Father. It is what he came to this world for, and it is what he accomplished at Calvary. Jesus did not just die on the cross. He died for a reason. As the Son of God and Son of Man, he was the perfect substitute. He took all the sins of all people upon himself and became our guilt and became our curse. And when he suffered and died, he paid the price for everyone and for their offenses against the holy and almighty God. He allowed eager and slavering sin and death and Satan to attack and tear and wound and pierce and kill him, seemingly gaining their win, but in reality, they only served his purpose and God's role for them in bringing salvation and the forgiveness of sins to all the world. Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. His blood cleanses us from all our sins. And on Easter morning, he took up his life again, rising victoriously and demonstrating to every enemy that he had conquered them all for good and forever and all for us. So that all who put their trust in him, all who follow him as their shepherd, all will have life with him and have it abundantly, and have it eternally, knowing that we have such a Savior, such a Shepherd, should make trusting Him for everything the most obvious and easiest thing there is. And from that trust comes prayer. Whatever needs we have, we bring them to the Lord just as Peter and John and the others did. Now, Lord, look at their threats and give to your servants the ability to keep on speaking your word with all boldness as you stretch out your hand to heal and as signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, we may or may not pray for signs and wonders, but we have the confidence to ask the Lord for anything because we have his promise to hear and answer our prayers. And in Christ's sacrifice, we have the greatest evidence there is that he keeps his promises. So we ask for healing from injuries and illnesses. We request good results on our tests and in job interviews. 
We pray for for presidents and principals, police and politicians. We entrust to God our concerns and troubles, our doubts and challenges and fears. Whatever it is, whenever and wherever, we entrust to God. We pray about it all because we know that we have a good shepherd who cares for his sheep. We bother because he will give us whatever we need, whenever and wherever. But we do not pray just for our own needs and desires. We pray for others, and especially for what other sheep need more than anything else, salvation and a place in the flock of Christ the Good Shepherd. The church in Jerusalem prayed for the ability to keep on speaking your word with all boldness. And Christ Lutheran Church in Clarksville prays for that too. Not just for our congregation as a whole and not just for the professionals, but for all of us, each of us individually, that we might each be a witness and boldly tell other sinners about the Savior from sin that we already know. And God gladly answers those prayers as he did for them. After they prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. Also, everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, that wasn't all. With a shepherd as good as Jesus and a God as great and loving as the Lord, they went all in. They held nothing back. They were bold. They took risks, not only in speaking, but also in sharing. They trusted God to provide in ways that they had never trusted Him before. The whole group of believers was one in heart and soul. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they held everything in common. The apostles continued to testify about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ with great power and abundant grace was on all of them. Power and abundant grace. These are the things that we can expect when we trust ourselves and our salvation to our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. It's amazing and wonderful, but that is just what we should expect, considering the kind of love our Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And so we bother. We bother to speak We bother to act, we bother to share, we bother to to devote ourselves to this fellowship and to the work of God. So trust. Trust, pray, thank, praise, and rejoice. You know who He is and you know what you are to Him. And we have all the evidence in the world to show it. Jesus says it. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise.
Now may the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, in connection with his blood which established the eternal testament, may he equip you with every good thing to do his will as he works in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen.